0: Hi, I'm Jim Campbell, co-executive producer of the new Netflix docu-series, Madoff, the monster of Wall Street, and the author of Madoff Talk's Uncovering the Untold Story Behind the Most Notorious Ponzi Scheme in history and this is the lake forest podcast welcome to the lake forest podcast
1: podcast buckle over city of lake forest featuring topics like local news sports music people food and documentaries my name is pete and i'm joined the voice of lake forest high school basketball football, football lacrosse chess team skew woo 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 The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Make a memory of a lifetime with Shark Eye Outdoors out of Longboat Key, Florida. Experience their shark beach fishing, kayak tours, and fossil hunting. Go to SharkEyeOutdoors.com to schedule an outing. Forest Bluff Real Estate Group serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and Michelle Parnell will help you get a free market analysis now at ForestBluffRealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. They are a cannabis cultivation center owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzik. They focus on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganji a. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name. Epic Products, exceptional process, Iliad Epic Grow. For more information, email info at IliadGrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983, its own by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we are thankful for our Patreon supporters, Reverend Luke Back from the Church of the Holy Spirit, Matt A. Elizabeth C., Coastal Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and hey, Dan Rogers. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group. Brat Stop Kenosha, Captain Mike's Kenosha, Greentown Tamber, Waukegan, and the Frolic Lounge Waukegan. Walker. Ooh. How you doing, Scoo?
2: Morning, Pete. Doing good. Beautiful Wednesday. Doors open. Nice and warm. Come on in.
1: 40 Everyone, degrees. Come on, in. 40 come on down. In. Come on in. Don't be a stranger. Hey, another special show. We got an interview with Jim Campbell. Lake Forest on Jim Campbell. Repeat. Yeah, he uh, hosted the forensic talk and biz talk radio shows, author of the best-selling book Madoff Talks, and co-producer of the Netflix documentary Madoff: The Monster of Wall Street. We had him on last year, Scoo, and he was in the in the midst of the negotiations. And I'm kind of curious to hear how that went. So we'll talk to him a little bit later in the show. Hey, check this out, Scoo. We have a new supporter. Who's that? Havy Communications, helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. Check them out at Havycommunications.com or call them 816-3737, area code 847.
2: Another one in the stable.
1: It's It's getting crowded. It's getting crowded. We'll keep adding them on. Last thing we want to do is gouge people. Thank you, Mike. Mike, much appreciated, man. He's been a long-time listener, watcher.
2: Long-time resident, long-time family of Lake Forest.
1: Old school Lake Forest? Yep. Okay. Speaking of old, uh, well, maybe not so old. It's an old problem, but I thought we had a new solution, Skew. The uh, the pumps aren't going to be up. What pump? the uh 41 and deer path pumps the water pumps the uh what do you call those things when it rains a lot and you can't go anywhere the flood the floods
2: why aren't they going to be ready i thought they were already ready i thought they hired a full time guy to crank it open when it rains
1: uh well they, i guess they they, lose them? they need parts uh for that big switch that we were talking about
2: I didn't think it's a switch. I thought it's a big wheel. They got to turn and they hired somebody for that.
1: Well, no, they got the wheel, but there's special uh hamsters that they use to uh power that thing. And uh I guess they're from China, so uh mm. there's some China. issues there. China.
2: Wow. Supply chain.
1: Supply chain issues. So <laughs> they say in the spring COVID. <laughs> COVID, yeah. So Dorfman another good article he, he put he put out there
2: be nice to have he's, Dorf- a, he's a plethora of uh hot stories on the on the Tribune site.
1: he is and then uh, our boy Jonah Meadows over at the patch you know they like to fly underneath the radar but uh they have all the
2: facts they do they, they, I'm impressed with how much they all the facts they have
1: Tons, tons.
2: Just the facts, sir.
1: <laughs> so Scoo, enlighten me uh this mid January. Is how is the basketball team doing? Is there anything I should be paying attention to right now?
2: Uh basketball team guys played last night and they won. They beat Warren. Always a good good time when you beat the crap out of Warren. Oh, Warren, okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're about hovering around 500. Um, the girls haven't been around, they've been traveling a lot this year. So, um, they're still, I believe pretty good. Uh, I think they have some home games coming up, but, uh, yeah, the guys play again at a Deerfield Lake Forest tournament this weekend. A couple games are played at Lake Forest Saturday morning, and then they, um, wrap up the tourney in Deerfield on Saturday. Ace had a great game last night. Tommy Aberly had a great game. I think he scored most points at 20, I think 27. Oh,
1: so he's but got yeah, another Ace year. He's not at Clemson yet.
2: No, no, no. Ace has uh, got this year and then he's Clemson next year, so uh, he's having a good year. I think he's back finally healthy, so things should yeah. be turning around. And
1: and let's see, we have...
2: i got to get an update on all the sports.
1: We can't yeah.
2: focus on one but I'll get uh, got swimming going on. I know gymnastics. whole plethora of LFHS scouts sports activities this winter, all in full swing. And they're all back in school.
1: And I'm working on getting some information. I don't have it just yet. I'll bring the person on the show. I guess there's some group that is concerned about what's going on in the school system and they're getting people up in arms. A lot of questions about it. Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: I think it's that, what, we care or parents care or something? Parents that care, Lake Buff,
1: yeah. I'm sure there's politics involved somewhere in, in all huh. of it. <laughs> I really do think we're fair, Scoo. I really do. As long as people agree with us.
2: Unfortunately, we're fair, but... Unfortunately, nowadays people think fair is wrong, but well, some feel fair is right, and others feel fair is wrong. When
1: when you share their opinion, it's it's fine. It's absolutely fine.
2: Yeah, and again, but this whole show is about opinion, (laughs) right? I mean, it
1: it is, and and in fact-checking.
2: Here, here's a story. What's your opinion on it? I mean. (laughs) I know you got all those fact checkers behind that uh faux bookshelf back there but uh you know grinding away on the their laptops their, 19, L- let's take their 1992 look. laptops that you supply them
1: well let's uh, let's take a look <laughs> <laughs> anything around there no okay
2: and and <laughs> I and I hear that er, so they must be uh signing into AOL because you you won't let them get on Wi-Fi or whatever but yeah, i the keystroke. So,
1: <laughs> well, we're working on the budget here, Skill. We're working on the <laughs> budget.
2: <laughs> Quiet. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's almost like a, we might be going through a mini COVID because the the streets are semi desolate, you know. That's what I'm everyone, saying. It's, every...
1: They're all in Florida or in Arizona. Or are
2: they doing the, what is it, the January cleanse? Yeah. <laughs> so no.
1: Sober January or something? Yeah.
2: Uh, Plus I thought it was kind of funny. I don't know if it was a joke or not, but again, I just don't know. But it was like if you're doing the January cleanser, here's some non-alcoholic wine and all that. I guess wine and beer. Wine, I didn't know they had non alcoholic wine, but uh Yeah, it's called
1: Welches. <laughs> 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 I did walk around town yesterday. Forty degrees, that's the magic number. If it's forty, you gotta get get out and about and uh forty
2: nine today, they're saying.
1: 49. Oh, man!
2: No sun in sight, though. Looks
1: like it's gonna knock on your door, you know. But I'm, you know, scared to go down those well, steps. Well,
2: I think it's a little strange that uh, mid January there's no snow and it's forties, and <laughs> you know I, those those people that are that control up in Alaska or the North Pole to control that weather satellite. I mean, they've turned it on for the West Coast and all that, but hopefully they keep it off once we turn to February.
1: Well, thank God for that global warming. Well, let's see. So the pumps will be. Yeah. In the spring. <laughs> the I pumps.
2: think they. I think the guy they hired left. I don't think it's a parts thing because it's it's not a electronic. I thought that that big wheel on the side is that is someone needs to open it and close it. It's
1: the spring. So you know what's going to happen. I mean, February, March, it's going to be a deluge of rain, and I'm 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 looking for canoes right now. Oh come the, on! The Lake Forest podcast canoe. How that's do you get out got, of town? You can't get out of uh, town,
2: sure you can there's other other ways Wait, there's more besides your path.
1: There's two ways in and out that's that's how I look at it. Is there more than two?
2: <laughs> yes, there is <laughs> is there really
1: <laughs> okay? Did not know that. I swear to God, I thought there was only two ways
2: uh, what. South, Deer, West Deer Path and East Deer Path?
1: <laughs> well, no. Coming in Wesley or in the back there, uh, Old Elm or whatever that is. Old Elm,
2: yeah. That's one way. Wesley's two ways. Deer Path's another way.
1: <laughs> okay, so there's three.
2: You <laughs> can go down towards Highwood and get out.
1: High, Yeah, down Western.
2: Come on, it's- Truman, listen. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Can you just call me Truman? <laughs> just don't hit the wall there and climb up the to the uh
1: climb <laughs> up the pole.
2: That's what you need to just turn your phone on and we'll we'll call you Truman while you're walking through town.
1: <laughs> Fair There's enough. There's
2: only one way to get in and out of Lake forest. <laughs> well, that two. Way.
1: I thought I thought it was two. I really did. Not a ton of comments on uh Dr. Tack from the last uh show. I got
2: some um, feedback I thought uh, what I heard oh you was, did was pretty good yeah okay yeah. people liked it thought he was very articulate did a great job and you know they're doing I tell you they're doing a good job the caucuses of getting the information out on it's on the slate and uh,
1: I got a little crap that I'm being too nice to the caucus now <laughs> <You're> being- <laughs> You're being too nice to him. I'm being I'm being too nice to him. Yeah,
2: I think it's hilarious. Some of the people that uh, on the caucus that are praising you <laughs> <What>? <laughs> a year ago were, uh, you know, you're the you're the next coming of. Uh... <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job on the interview with Randy Tack. And wait a minute, didn't you kick me off the caucus because <laughs> I asked questions? I resigned. <laughs> I know.
1: I quit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Didn't you force me to quit? Give me ultimatums.
1: Wayne's World and the Truman of Lake Forest. <laughs> Those are good nicknames. Uh, I reached out to Prue Beidler again.
2: Wow. How many is that now?
1: I don't know, but I'm done. So basically. Nah,
2: keep reaching out. She's got to come on. Come on. She ain't Prue. coming
1: on. Why? She ain't. But she did bring to light this ballot harvesting thing. Oh, that is.
2: What did she bring to light on that? She just
1: hosts these parties that people come out and she's got the, uh, I think the ballots are going to come out the beginning of February, the mail-in ballots. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get something going with a, a, a business in town to host a listener party. You know, we talked about it the last show and then, have a, you know, ballots there. People can fill out the ballots and uh, we'll, we'll help uh, turn them in, however that works. So I'm waiting for somebody to tell me how that thing works. But that's what's happening. That's, that's, that's how a new you,
2: wave of voting.
1: Yeah. You, if you wait to the day of, like a lot of people do, it's over. Wow. Yeah. It's happening like right now. And I never My realized belief. that. And I think that's, uh, that's what
2: happened in the midterm. Yeah. My but, belief. My belief.
1: Yeah, well, and then people say it's cheating. It's not cheating. It's more organized. That's... People think they
0: know this story. Bernie Madoff has been arrested. They think it's a story about
2: one man. There is no way you can run a $50 billion Ponzi scheme and not have anybody else know about it. Madoff was the scapegoat for the financial crisis. But in a blue-collar crime, the bodies drop before you investigate. In a white-collar crime they drop afterwards. Bernie fed on being the guy. They always wanted to please everybody. They didn't want to kill the goose that laid the golden egg. And the choice he made was, he could live with himself as a liar, much more easily than he could live with himself as a failure.
0: He had his handful of soldiers. Create fake trading documents to give to the SEC.
2: Look at the numbers, it's impossible that he's trading in the volume that he says he is. If you're getting good returns, people knew not to ask too many questions. We need a smoking gun. The big banks, the regulatory agencies, completely failed. If you are the watchdog, you have totally and thoroughly failed in your mission. Bernie is managing money for some of the world's most dangerous people. He told me that if I am wrong, I have no out. I am a dead man people lost everything what am i going to do i was in my mid-70s already to lose your life savings in a house too it's terrible one thing
1: every one of them was which everybody in the industry is they're greedy
0: trust betrayal pure evil a hundred years from now
2: people will remember this story
1: So we got Jim Campbell here. Jim, welcome back to the show, my friend.
0: Welcome back. I am. And, and, you know, I grew up in Lake Forest, so this is a huge thing for a bit. Let me tell you about yesterday. I was on WGN's Midday News Show, and that also was a big thrill from, you know, growing up in Lake Forest. And I told him that I used to, you know, grow up watching the Cubs and Jack Brickhouse. I know I'm dating myself. But that also my 97-year-old dad was listening in Lake Forest. Mel! Mel, 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 oh, you listen. To...
1: <laughs> you Mel. guys are great, you,
0: you, you do your homework, man.
1: Mel, welcome to the Lake Forest podcast. We know you're at Lake Forest Place. Say hi to Arthur
0: Miller, he's a big fan of ours.
2: Oh, wow! All
0: right, that, that's tremendous. He's got my mother in
2: law's there too, so shout out to her.
0: Oh, and he has caregivers, so they'll play the podcast. Uh, oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Uh, for him, which is really great. nice. Uh, I also want to say, before we dive into this, number two TV series show according to USA Today in the nation. So that's pretty exciting. And um, the, uh, the director, Joe Berlinger, who is tremendous, number one Netflix true crime director, has done stuff on Ghislaine Matchell, Jeffrey Epstein, Ted Bundy. David Sweet, shout out for hooking us up with Jim Campbell. Oh, David Sweet obviously has been one of the great guys for this book since day one i've had speaking engagements in new york city that he got which by the way he flew in just to introduce me and then in florida as well and by the way his father phil sweet who was in lake forest place when he was alive is one of my father's best friends and would drive him to old elm uh to play uh golf one other thing about how this thing is blown up Monday I get a phone call from Jamie Diamond do you guys know who he is <laughs> he knows him personally
1: yeah way to go <laughs> Chase way to. <laughs> yeah
0: exactly CEO of JP Morgan obviously and um if you get a chance to watch the docu series JP Morgan obviously takes a rather brutal beating both in the book and the docu series because they held the account that uh, Bernie Madoff siphoned off all the uh customer money from.
1: Well, that'd be rough. You went to uh, Tufts with Jamie, didn't you?
0: He went to Tufts as well. and Then he went to Harvard Business School. And uh, someone told me this, and it makes total sense. He and Larry Fink, who was the uh, chairman CEO of BlackRock, probably the two biggest finance guys in the world. You
1: know what this guy reminds me of, Scoo? John Drummond. Bulldog John Drummond.
0: <laughs> I remember WBBM, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: You, you... You're like a forensic interviewer. Is that what you call
0: yourself on uh, on your you radio know, I, show? What I, do you... I never see myself as that as that kind of a uh, a thing because normally I was able to build trust with these guys. I mean, imagine this: Jamie Diamond is is brutally beat up. Not him, the firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he could not have been nicer to me. Um, it, it it just amazed me. In fact, he started to come up with some things and issues he had, and. I interrupted him rather rudely. Maybe that's John Drummond, and <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't take any offense to it. And he started asking me questions.
1: What was the bank account that Madoff having all that cash? And you,
0: yep. it was a seven hundred three account for the last three digits. That's the infamous number. And Bernie, remember this was a sixty five billion dollar Ponzi scheme. By the end, Bernie yeah. told me he never had more than five point nine billion in the account, which, by the way, is a rather huge amount to be in a check.
1: <laughs> I've <account>. heard. <laughs> Jim, tell us about your uh, radio show. I because uh, you started. I mean, that's been going on a while now, and I could have sworn I saw forensic. Anytime I hear forensic, that's got to be oh. intense. So that's where well, the you're bull- right.
0: And by the way, I do. I'm a forensic nerd. Yeah. Um, when you when you see the uh, docu series, Bruce Dubinsky is the big forensic guy, and I loved him. And, you know, I sort of uncovered him and and brought him in. So I do like that. My crime show is called Forensic Talk with Jim Campbell. The show that's been around the longest since, by the way, when the world crashed in 2008 uh, is Business Talk with Jim Campbell.
1: You you get a radio show and then you get a book going. You you, you do a book in the hopes of getting more clients, right? Because, you know, you generally don't make a ton of money on a book unless it's you,
0: I guess. Well, no, to be honest, the the reason was I got by fortuitous coincidence hooked up with Bernie Madoff, 400 pages of communications. And I just said, what the heck? I got to do something with this. That's how it originated. And we didn't even have an easy time getting a a publishing company initially.
1: The last time that we talked, you said, hey, you know, you're trying to work something out with, with Netflix. Yes. And Netflix is a pretty new player. And there's like six executive producers on this thing like how does that work to get it going
0: the story is really kind of amazing um as you recall when i was on before mate bernie died two weeks before the book came out which was obviously a big boost for us not that we had anything to do with his demise but um and that's when cbs sunday morning asked to you know do it two days before the book came out and I had a dream that, you know, maybe down the road, there could be a documentary out of this book. And before it came out, which was two days later, we had four production companies uh, come to us. And the way it works is a production company, the one that's in this one, Joe Berlinger's, is called Radical Media. They come to you, they negotiate getting the option rights, and then they go try to get a streamer or a network or a studio to fund it, right? So we had these four bids. So I had to get an agent... Um, in Hollywood with CAA was where we ended up, which is the biggest one, Mm -hmm. Creative Artists Agency. And I got a tremendous woman, totally honest. And she says, we're going to get you the best deal and the best director. And we're not going to the production companies. We're going over their heads to Netflix, which is the biggest of of all of these. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they negotiated a deal directly with Netflix. And by the way, Netflix on that credit you mentioned would not allow the contract, to, to go above the producer level because I was going to be featured in it. Okay. So when I saw the advanced copy right before it came out and after the first segment, which is the only way it lists and has Mm -hmm. the credits and it had me as co-executive producer. So they promoted me without even telling me, didn't know about it till I saw it. Now the real executive producers, you know, who are at radical and who put it together um, are those other names Two of them who were were called showrunners, which I learned. The showrunner runs the day to day, and two of there were two of them because one had to take a pregnancy leave, and they become executive producers. So, um, uh, and then I had a contract essentially for all four episodes, starting off with I had to teach them because none of them knew anything about finance, including Joe who had done serial killer stuff. Yeah, and, uh, they uh, were so nice to me. I gave them forty thousand documents. And um, I guess the thing that means the most is uh, this is something you can turn into a tabloid thing, um, salacious. They stayed true to the story. Remember, I wanted to include the overall stuff, how the system failed, Wall Street, the regulators. And McGraw-Hill, when they signed me, they thought the sex was Bernie talking. They wanted every Bernie quote possible. But I knew the real story was the untold story and very complex, right? And they did a tremendous job. And this is Joe Berlinger, not Jim Campbell, who put this together in a way that seems to be relatable to people without turning it into a tabloid spectacle.
1: So that's how the uh, sausage is made. Okay.
0: Now. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, that sausage. (laughs) We filmed at a studio uh, in New Jersey, in Jersey City, called Parlay Studios, huge place. Joe's first idea, which was, I thought, brilliant, was to recreate the two floors. And if you remember the story, the legitimate business is the 19th, the 17th. illegitimate is the 17th. They look totally different. He wanted to recreate both those floors. I got filmed on both sets. And there's huge numbers of people involved in this. And I filmed for 10 hours and I you see what made it. And yeah. um, it's, it's a big deal um, putting this whole thing together. Then they do nine months of uh, post-production. And... Then Netflix takes it for four months to localize it for all the countries, which is probably subtitles or something. So it's quite a sausage. And four months before is when I taught them the finance and they put together the script. There's really an outline, right? Because it's unscripted, but they put what they want in every episode. So it went four months, then the filming, then the Netflix has it, and then out.
1: Well, thank goodness, the, or maybe it's a coincidence, the Netflix stock is starting to go back up. It has something to do with you, you Jay. Well, it but... might
0: be Harry and Margaret, which came right before <laughs> us.
1: Do they have any targets on like watch hours, new subscriber ads, or anything that point to, because they've the got to be tracking that, everything.
0: Yeah, the only thing that Joe promised me when they were trying to sign me was that 150 million people would see this in the first 28 days around the world which is a pretty mind-boggling number and by the way talking looking at you guys right now on a zoom this is how they approached me joe berlinger is the biggest guy at netflix in in documentaries um and his production guy read the book sorry his development guy who comes up with ideas read the book and suggested that we meet so we're on a um uh, a zoom joe was sitting in the front and his staff is behind him and I'm thinking to myself, okay, get down on your knees and go like this, Joe. Anything, <laughs> you know, before I speak, he says, "My development guy says I have to have this. What do we need to do?" Literally, and oh. totally, just totally disarm me. <laughs> so
1: you you had your your radio show and you brought on Lori Sandel, and she had yes. a book. Bu- she had a bu- book out there, but I didn't see Lori Sandel in the documentary. There was another author in there. What was the? It's-
0: what was well, Laurie Lori, lori's was more of a i don't want to degrade a little bit of a gossipy thing yeah that, that dealt with the family only that andy co- cooperated with ruth did but she didn't like the book how she came off yeah. Diana enriquez by the way who's outstanding in it she's mm-hmm. better than me you know talking and um she wrote the original book called the wizard of lies she had known bernie and the book is, you know, way back towards the scandal. So she doesn't have access to how it was uncovered and all the stuff that I put in. And But she was the original biographer and she was the number one finance person at New York Times before she uh, retired. So that's why she was in it. Andrew Ross Sorkin is also in it in a big way. He's right now probably the number one business guy at the New York Times and does deal book every day mm-hmm. that you see and is on Squawk Box on CNBC. So um, they're the big guys. I was kind of like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Lori Sendell was coming on my show, and the day before, she says, "Do you want to do some prep with Andrew Madoff?
1: And there I you said, go. Oh.
0: I said, that's, um, "That's unbelievable." And this time, at this time, Andrew's you know universally hated yep. and talking to nobody. So, and obviously, he wasn't coming on the record or anything because he was being sued. Yeah. But I talked to him. And that that was a huge thing because. Um, A, I attacked him right off the way. John Drummond shows up again. And um, (laughs) he tells me in the most disarmingly ways, answered totally honestly. But because he liked me and he listened to the show to see that I wasn't doing anything different, he introduced me to Ruth. Who was moved to Greenwich, where I am, and Ruth introduced me to Bernie in prison. So, without Laurie Sandell, it doesn't happen. But she didn't really write one of the big overview Madoff books. It was
1: uh, it was a relative of one of the early Madoff investors, and said it's a very Shakespearean oh. tra- tragedy. Oh, Everybody dies.
0: Yes, <laughs> this is... you, can't, you can't imagine. I mean, think about it. I mean, not only ripping off your fellow friends and family, the Jewish community of of which ripping ripping off financially a fellow member of the Jewish community is sacrilegious, but Shakespearean also in his own family, the two boys worshiped him. They were out front in the legitimate business. Everybody thought they had to know Ruth was with him since 13 years old, dating him. And one son commits suicide. One son dies of uh, cancer. Uh, Ruth loses 800 million bucks and is left with 2.5 million. And Bernie, Bernie, dies last uh, 21 in, uh, in, in, you know, in prison. So uh, you could not put together more of a tragedy. And then you can go to England uh, where, you know, um, Colonel Willard um, spent the entire career fighting all these wars that I didn't even know Britain was in. And three weeks after he retires, finds out that the FEMA fund was a Ponzi scheme and um, shoots himself in a London park. I mean, you know, you know what's sad, too, is that um, Sonia Cohn, who ran the FEMA fund, who to me is one of the biggest money launderers, even though she's apparently the British courts haven't found anything you saw in yeah. the documentary. But she's in a She has a bank called Bank Medici that she formed in like the 90s. But it's in a building that's 500 years old. And Willard saw the building, he says, my God, this must be a tremendously safe investment. The bank's been here for 500 years.
1: Harry Markopoulos.
0: Oh, Harry, you you know, you, he's a nerd above me. Yeah. Uh, he is the guy that, you know, he is a forensic genius. He reverse engineered this in two hours, right? And by the way, I'll tell you, uh, but I think it's a funny story and you can cut it if you want. But I told um, uh, Harry, the um you know, that it, before he hasn't seen it or he hadn't yeah. how great he is, yeah, and his text back was, did they cut my sex scenes to which <laughs> to which I responded they did, and they put it in Harry and Margaret
1: <laughs> how this thing happened, I mean it started with uh Reagan and you know, getting rid of some of the regulations and the crazy timing of all the things that needed to fall in the line. So Madoff could put this on for 40 years, nine 11 comes into play and Markopolis, he's screaming at the, you know, he's got these red flags, you know, you know, 20 red flags. It's quite remarkable how all this stuff could go on. Number one, I'd like you to speak to that. And then number two, how the trustee came in and was able to get what fourteen billion back out of the nineteen billion, and that wasn't nice work that he had to
0: do. No, it wasn't nice work, and I have a lot of problems with the way he did it, as you know. And I say in the doc docu series. Oh, by the way, before I start off, a little story on Bernie yeah. sociopath. You mentioned 9-11. Yeah. Well, you know, his building was in Midtown, and um um they could look down, and this thing happened, right? And the the whole Office froze obviously and became focused on it. Bernie had a bee and didn't break it, didn't stop, just went right on like nothing had happened, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, getting back now to how this could have happened, it, as you know, I have my kind of four groups of conspirators, the mm-hmm. big four, right? Wouldn't have happened without those guys subsidizing him whenever he needed cash and then extorting him for returns from the lower net worth. Um guys. Then you have the feeder funds who he bought off with bribes. Their entire job is to do due diligence and say, yes, he's a good guy. The numbers work. It matches your risk profile. And they get 1% of the assets. That's their only job. Bernie gave them back the two percent and the 20% of gains that the hedge fund guys got, which is huge money, but they couldn't ask any questions. And then of course you've got the SEC Harry's boys who missed five separate investigations, instead reinvestigating him for stuff they'd cleared him on. Never even found the 17th floor, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, that group of high school graduates that he's put in the 17th floor, who managed to enable operationally a Ponzi scheme for 40 years and never figure out it was a Ponzi scheme.
1: And then Pickauer, man. he
0: <laughs> Pickauer, $7 bucks came out of that fund, drowned in his pool one year later. Um, coincidentally had a heart attack, I think. And, yeah. um, he, he is much more of a greedy pig, if you will, than yeah. Madoff ever was. And as you know, took out much more money and Madoff got him in the end because the Picard, the trustee you were talking about, uh, was going to go after $2.5 billion clawback. Bernie knew he had a ton of money at Goldman Sachs and got the full 7 billion by trying to blackmail him back. <laughs> <laughs> nice environment, isn't it? Now,
1: tell the story about the clawback.
0: Yeah, let me let me it's, it's, it's give you a simple view. Yeah. The first off is the GAO, which is a congressional watchdog, had said Sipic was unprepared to handle a major Wall Street uh, firm failure sixteen years before. Jump to the Madoff thing. You know how the FDIC works. The FDIC, um, the banks pay premiums. They get insurance. The FDIC is independent of the government, has never not paid a claim in since the New Deal, and has never cost the government a dollar. Now go to SIPC. SIPC getting those insurance uh, premiums was getting $150 a year, whether you were Merrill Lynch or a one-man uh, trading firm. $150. You know, they they, they spend that much more, as you know, on flowers every week and the executive. So there's no money there.
1: But that aspect or whatever that that would cover, what, a half a mil FDIC. It it had a
0: billion. It had a they had a billion six in total uh, in their fund. That's that's all they had. Okay, so you got to give them credit for how they figured to get back 14 billion, because most Ponzi schemes, you get back zero. Mm -hmm. And they came up with this thing called the net equity uh, method, which is. That um, if you took out more money than you put in, right, you had to give those gains back because they were fake gains. If you left your money, that folks' money would go to them. And by the way, the trustee who, again, is not using Civic money, right, yeah. would take $2 billion off the top over that whole process. So he's considered a tremendous success, right, because that is a big success. But it was on the backs of victims. So anyway, Jim Campbell tries to talk to him for the book, right, because he's a hero. Yeah. Wouldn't talk to me three different times. Hmm. Excuse me. Jamie Diamonds, J.P. Morgan, a disaster. He let me talk to his people. What does that tell you about their characters? Yeah. And $2 billion is an excessive amount of money to take. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I have to put the um, fair to be fair to Sipic. That money did not come out, in their words, from the money they recouped. It came out of that $1.6 right? The trouble yeah. with that logic is that $1.6 is supposed to be for customers to begin with.
1: Yeah, but we were you know they showed seventy-year-old uh, ladies that had to give up their houses and uh, to there give. Were, them there were
0: eighty-year-old guys that had to go work at Walmart. Yeah, it's um four four parts, um each one is an hour. You can binge it if you want. I watched it in three segments. I watched one, two plus yeah. three and four. Um, it's really good. It is. You'll find it. Um, a thriller kind of thing, as well as I guarantee you, you will find information you did not know. The same way that I, I said that about my book, Joe Berlinger's a masterful storyteller. He's put this together. He's also I told you the recreation of the floors. He's also put this innovation in of recreating scenes while the interviewer is being uh, is, is answering questions. But sort of behind there's a, you know, an actor made off. And all those kinds of things, and they're kind of silent in the background. And that was, you know, it's a very innovative kind of thought, and you'll see if you like it or not. Um, I ended up, uh, I ended up liking it. I was worried about it, to be honest. I thought yeah. it might appear I might appear hokey. Um, but you know, he I interviewed him last week on my show, and um, he said that, and I went over my head, but it's something to do. We wanted to get the dramatic effect, like the Wizard of Oz and not have actors giving lines. Which would turn it into more of a movie drama. So mm-hmm. whatever. If you guys understand that, I thought it was profound, but probably because it went right over here.
1: So now you got like serious street cred, my friend.
0: <laughs> um, well, you know, last week, um, I, with I had two hours notice to go on Jesse Waters' primetime, which is Fox show, four million viewers he has. Right. Yeah. So they, they come to the house with that no notice. He he's only gets there eighteen minutes before okay 30 (laughs) seconds before we're going on the air i cannot hear through the mouth um earpiece my Mm -hmm. hearing is bad but it was it's not that wasn't the vibe it was the muffle yeah and i'm sitting here i'm about to go on four million i'm going to embarrass netflix i'm going to embarrass mcgraw hill i'm going to embarrass fox and myself and i was totally calm because it was so over so big i couldn't do anything about it and the guy is a genius he um he took my cell phone and he fed the sound through my phone on the speaker. So I sat down here and heard it from there. And um, <laughs> it was five minutes. So then on um, on Friday, um, I'm on Brian Kilmeade's show, which is called One Nation on Fox. Again, I had never heard of it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was with a guy that I do love and had never met, Charlie Gasparino. You think I'm John Drummond? He is, <laughs> he is John Drummond, uh, you know, to the hilt. And he's he's known for it. And by the way, he could not have been nicer to me, too. With my deafness, apparently at the end, they signed off and he turned and we shook hands, right? He apparently said on the air, "Jim, you're getting unbelievable exposure." I didn't hear it. My sister heard it listening to it. <laughs> um, so, and when we afterwards we went out, we went and talked. Told me an amazing story. He had nine martinis with Preet Barrara, who you'll know from was yeah. the Southern District Attorney yeah. who went after Stevie Cohen um, and all the insider uh, trading. So, I mean, you, how do you top that week? It's it's. Uh, and then Jamie Diamond calls me.
1: <laughs> you're hot this week. What's next?
0: I've become nobody right <laughs> again. Uh, we're hoping that, um, uh, I'm going in February, by the way, to Acapulco to speak before the McGraw Hill Latin America sales team on the launching of the Spanish version of the book. Wow. Um, wow. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, although I've asked for a bodyguard, so I don't get killed by some drug Lord down there. Yeah. It's uh... funneling money through Bernie, you know, um, you know, I'm, I've got, uh, grappling over next book. Yeah. Uh, which is a thing, and by the way, grappling over a, a, a murder documentary, um, so which is just kind of a freak thing, because uh, I happen to have become sort of an expert in that, in, in a big murder, and a Hollywood producer came to me. So I don't really know what I'm doing uh, yet, but I do have to decide. Oh, you're,
1: you're figuring it out quick, Jim. <laughs> what, do <you> think
0: so? <laughs> I don't know. I what? I feel like I've been waffling on it, but...
1: Now, I don't want you to tell any secrets out of school, but what do you think you'll be working on next? What's interesting, uh, interests you?
0: You mean release ideas for the book that I'm not <laughs> supposed to? I'll yeah. give you. A, I'll give you a hint on one of them. Okay. It would be related, it'd be related to Berkshire Hathaway. Oh, okay. Warren Buffett is my hero. Um, But where I'm having the grappling is, should I be staying in the investigative lane since I've yeah. now got some cred in that? So that's what I'm... Uh, uh, dealing on. The murder thing is a very well-known murder, maybe, called the Moxley murder that happened by coincidence in Greenwich, but it involved the Kennedy family cousin, okay, in an elite section of Greenwich, um, and the, all the claim that they it was covered up, that the Skakel boys did it, they were right next door, and it went unsolved for 30 years, and then Michael Skakel Um, was convicted and then it was overturned on a technicality. But my link has become Tommy Skakel. He was the, um, and this is Ethel Skakel Kennedy, right? That family. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, they're from, uh, cousins are from Chicago. Um, Tommy Skakel was with Martha minutes before she died, playing around in the bushes as 17-year-old kids would, would do. And so he was the lead suspect for 25 years. And um, he's come to listen to my show. We'd come, become friends. We play golf, and he has agreed, if he follows through, to break his silence. He has never spoken to the media with me, and so, um, and that's sort of the genesis. I was thinking of turning that into a podcast, right, with my history. Right, right. So now there's some interest uh, in doing a, you know, a documentary on it. So that's kind of where that's at. And I shouldn't have said either of those, but what the heck? I love Lake Forest. Oh uh, well, here we'll <laughs> you're, for Lake Forest.
1: you're depressing me with the murders. Let's go back to Warren and Charlie. Uh how have you made the trek to Omaha?
0: I have once. It's unbelievable. I uh, have been I have been behind the line of a woman who was a teacher in Omaha, right? It's whatever they're making back over the careers, right? Yeah. And who bought Berkshire back at I think sixty dollars a share. And she's worth when she retired. 700 million bucks in berkshire stock is
1: that amazing wow. i'll tell you what i i haven't looked if they've they've gotten that thing uh going back at what the quest center they call it the quest center now
0: they did they have got it back they got it back it's, it's uh overflow yeah
1: just get a b share get your four four I, passes I,
0: have, I, I this is talking about a mistake you're supposed to diversify don't put all your money with made so of course yeah Bought one share, one A share for fifteen thousand hey, bucks. Yeah, if I put all my money in there, I'd have that. I, I bought some B shares later. He's my idol. He has was given my book by an intermediary, so I don't know if he read it or not, but he's got it.
1: Oh my god! Well, all you got to do is get Netflix to pony up that what hundred and I forgot what it and a half million to do the lunch with them, and you're 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 good. Yeah, to yeah,
0: come. <laughs> it's right. I can get access to him.
1: Just get, just bring him a uh, a Coca Cola and a Dilly Bar and you're set.
0: Exactly. He, I, you know, you go to that um, annual meeting and literally he and Charlie are drinking Coke and I mean the real Coke, not the diet stuff, unless they switch. No. And the seized chocolates, you know, seized candies, peanut brittle, for like yeah for yeah exactly for like seven hours with one break for lunch. So either he's got to be so buzzed up on on Coke. <laughs> or, they're just incredible. And you know, Charlie is just the greatest sidekick and absolutely brilliant. And it's funny, he's a renaissance mind, you know. He know he does dorms for Michigan, you know. He does everything. And Berkshire, I mean, B- Buffett is this. Yeah. He, he, he says everything is right narrow. That's all he, you know, nothing else. And and Charlie's like this.
1: He's the LA guy, the real estate guy and uh
0: 81 or whatever he is now or maybe oh 90. my god
1: i think they're like 120 each
0: 91 i know he plans to work up beyond 100 if his marbles stay I and mean, his yeah. marbles are staying so far
1: no he's that's that's a treat it's it's one thing to stream it it's another thing to hang out with all those people because you 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 got uh people making 50 grand next to people that are billionaires it, it really is the woodstock of uh capitalism
0: 100 percent And, you know, we were going to go last year. We broadcast from the hotel that everybody stays at when I went the one time. We waited too long. It was like $3,000 for hotel rooms and flying in. It was unbelievable. And, you know, the same thing for me. um, Do you know the bookstores in the Hudson bookstores in the airports? to get your book in there costs money? Right. But the Hudson bookstore in Omaha Epley Airport where 40,000 people come in wanted me to come sign books in the airport while these 40,000 go down. But we couldn't afford to go out there. I would have had to sell like a hundred thousand (laughs) books. Well, One thing we're hoping, and I haven't heard yet is we're hoping the the 150 million that watch this thing that we boost some sales out of Amazon and stuff.
1: Oh, hell yeah. renegotiate.
0: That's the only thing that McGraw-Hill really cares about is did I sell any books out of this?
1: Jim Campbell. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. When are you coming back in town?
0: Thanks to, thanks to both of you, by the way. I, you know, I was supposed to come in to, um, in January to visit my dad, but it, it may not happen now because we've got some family. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah well, if off. you're around, let's uh, get David Sweet out, and uh, we'll have a couple of cervezas. We'll stop by SKU, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll shoot the uh...
0: – No, I would love to do that. Where do you guys go for cervezas there?
1: Well, right where SKU is. SKU, why don't you tell them where we go?
0: That's right up lantern.
2: About well, Chiefs or oh, the, lantern.
0: the lantern oh <laughs> then we'll have my, my cousin Odie Hubbard uh, who may not, he doesn't he he lives in Frisco now but he comes from April on he goes to the lantern every single day. <laughs> Is that I can't I believe about? people do that. I know you talk <laughs> about an institution. Oh yeah,
1: right above Scoo's head, Jim. That's that's our bar stool
2: dining room. <laughs> Good cheeseburger there, right? That's your, oh yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, Jim. Thank you so much for coming on, my friend.
2: Thank, thank you, you, I Jim, love appreciate it. it. It's a great honor to be with you. Congratulations.
1: Oh, keep it going, man. We're send gonna me, look for it. Send
0: me the link, and let's say goodbye to my my dad, Mel Campbell.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Mel. <laughs> thanks for stopping by. Maybe we'll come by Lake Forest Place and uh, Sneaky in uh, Corona. <laughs> love you, Dad. Thank you, guys. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Make a memory of a lifetime with Shark Eye Outdoors out of Longboat Key, Florida. Experience their shark beach fishing, kayak tours, and fossil hunting. Go to SharkEyeOutdoors.com to schedule an outing. Forest Bluff Real Estate Group serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet and Michelle Parnell will help you get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. They are a cannabis cultivation center owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzik. They focus on hard to find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and ganjae. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name Epic Products, Exceptional Process, Iliad Epic Grow. For more information, email info at IliadGrow.com. Havey Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havey. Check them out at heavycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we are thankful for our Patreon supporters, Reverend Luke Back from the Church of the Holy Spirit, Matt A., Elizabeth C., Cosa Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and hey, Dan Rogers. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Bratstop Stop Kenosha, Captain Mike's Kenosha, Greentown Tamvered, Waukegan, and the Frolic Lounge Waukegan.